We're playing a game of dodgeball, and this little like 11-year-old kid just comes up and just drills me. And he's like, ha, 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 I got you, I got you, I got you. Just talking absolute mess. And I'm just like so upset. And then just out of nowhere, this just screaming former softball player's dodgeball just comes and just drills this kid like right in the stomach. And he just like drops to the knees. He was okay. It was totally fine. And I look over and there is, you know, Melina, my now wife. And so that was like when I turned and I was like, yep, she's the one, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rec Reflect. Today we have Lauren Reichstein, who's a camp director of Camp Holloway. She's with the Girl Scouts of Middle Tennessee. She talks to us about her life as a camp director, including dealing with crap, both figuratively and literally. A messy job, but someone's got to do it. We also talked to Lauren about general leadership and SWAT awesome camp life stories. Hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up, Lauren? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Oh my gosh, this is just bringing so be- so many memories. I know, it has been such a long time. Can you, it's been like 10 years. <sighs> Making me feel so old. I, I mean, feel so old. I, I'm starting to, like, I'm getting white in my hair. Look at like. Yes, I like, have silver. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to embrace it gracefully, but mm-hmm. it's not going so well. No, I clearly dyed my hair blue. So that's where we are. Crisis <laughs> already. Very nice. Uh, so you are at Camp Holloway in mm-hmm. Tennessee. Middle is it the? What is your district called? How do y'all? How does it break down? Is it districts or councils? How does that? It's councils, and then within, I think that's similar to Scouts BSA, right? Like you have mm-hmm. a council, and then within our council, we have something called a service unit, and different councils call it different things. So the Houston Council, for example, calls it communities, um, but really it's just a collection of troops. And I think it's more similar, like a service unit is sort of similar to a den, perhaps. Gotcha. But it doesn't function in the same way. Like it kind of does, but not really. Fair. It's like kind <laughs> of, but not really. No, I kind of, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I feel like anybody else that if we were had somebody else who wasn't in camp hadn't had never done camp life. They'd be like, what language are y'all, are y'all speaking? Yeah. So, And even if somebody who had never done scouts, like if they had never done boy or girl scouts or anything, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, here comes Will. I met here. He goes, I met Will uh, mm-hmm. doing BSA stuff, Boy Scouts oh, of America. Cool. So we met at camp. He was a undergrad rec major at Texas State. Okay. Fabulous. Okay, so uh, for anybody that doesn't know, well, this, so Lauren, this is the Traps podcast. It's called Rec Reflect, and yep. this is for rec people. So uh, there, th- this was something I wasn't privy to. There are people in recreation that aren't necessarily camp people. Yeah. All camp people are rec people, but not all rec people are camp people. That is true. <laughs> so this is, we, we've got just a group of three camp people here. So I met Will at uh el rancho sima in wimberley right by wimberley and uh i went to so will i went to grad school with lauren she was in our oh remember our it was the off was it a what would you call it an office suite or more of a uh cubicle farm we called it the cubicle farm it um was like the graduate student office but there were like 
20 of us in there and we each had a little cubicle. And so it was really awkward when students would come to office hours because of like their TA, but also everybody else. <laughs> no private conversations. Well, why don't, why don't instead of this podcast, why don't we just talk about our mutual Jordan stories? We could do that. And just, and just let him listen to us talk about things that we've seen him do that have either impressed us or terrified us. I would imagine that both of your stories would, uh, if you just took my name out of it and like you bleeped it, someone would think that you were talking about a golden retriever. They're like, he's like, he's lovable, (laughs) but he just doesn't know better. Like he's like, bless his heart. He's trying his best. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I will have you know, I didn't understand bless your heart really well until I moved to Tennessee. Like I knew it, but like, you get it. It happens a lot there. Oh, people are blessing a lot of hearts over here. And it's really funny because Nashville is the it city right now. So a lot of like people from California are moving here. And don't California, my Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're um, and just from like the Northeast and all kinds of places. And so a lot of people are like, oh, bless your heart. And they're like, that's very nice. I'm like, that's not very nice. <laughs> they're not being nice to you. They're not. <laughs> My my kid had a very like southern heritage moment. My little three year old, he was like, "Daddy, daddy, I want some tea." And I had some unsweet tea in the fridge. I was like, "Here you go, buddy." And he goes, "That's not tea. That's water. That's nasty water." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, you know you're from the south." When, when I don't happens. disagree with him. No, I, I yeah, I'm with you. Uh, okay, so so okay, so we're talking a little bit about backgrounds here, and you're in Tennessee now, Lauren. But tell us a little bit about your background and and what you're doing now and how you got there yeah so it's it's a long story um i got my bachelor's degree from texas a&m in recreation and parks rpts um and i had switched it really is i tell everybody about it (laughs) um and i'm trying to convince people to move to texas but we'll see um and i actually switched majors from aerospace so i was an aerospace engineering major um started working at camp in the summer. And then I also did an internship at Disney World. And so when I was busy going, man, I'm not going to be an aerospace engineering major anymore. What should I do? And then recreation park and tourism just kind of came in. Can I, can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask what was that conversation like with, uh, with like your parents? Was it like, Hey, I'm done with this aerospace engineer thing. It's camp life for me. Actually, you know, they were super supportive because I um, didn't make very good grades in aerospace and they could tell I wasn't happy. Like it was just really stressful. And they're like, just do something that makes you happier. Um, And so they were supportive. It did take them a while to understand that camp is a career. Like you can work year round in camp. You get a real salary. I have benefits Um, for a really long time. My mom was like, "Okay, that's great. But what are you going to do during the year? Um, (laughs) which is every camp director's favorite question in the whole world. What do you do during the year? Um, So then I graduated with my rec and parks degree. I did 1 million internships. So I worked at the challenge course, the Tamu challenge works challenge course. I continued to work at camp. Um, I feel like I did a couple other things that I can't remember. I went and did an internship on Capitol Hill right after that. Um, and didn't know what I wanted to do, and then ended up applying to grad school, again in RPTS, and um, just kind of landed in youth development, wasn't even sure at that point what I wanted to do, 
Um, and then my advisor, Corliss Outley was like, you know what, I'll take you on. Like, so we just, just kind of chose itself. Um, so while I was in graduate school, I was doing, you know, graduate school, but also I was still working for Girl Scouts. So the camp I worked at um, was with Girl Scouts at San Jacinto Council. And I worked my way up, very normal camp story, started as a counselor, worked my way up, became the program manager there, um, went to be an assistant director at a sister camp in that council. And then in graduate school, I became a camp director at the third camp in that council. So I was kind of doing that um, simultaneously. Then I graduated, I needed a job. I applied everywhere, including to many Girl Scout camps because my council um, that I grew up in only did seasonal positions. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like a seasonal director, but that one was not going to be salaried or anything. And so I ended up in China, China, um, <laughs> China working for Disney again. Um, I was a teacher. Well, I was a trainer at their, they had language schools there at Disney English. And it was actually it pulled a lot on like youth development and my camp background. We did a lot of games and experiential learning. Um, and then after about three years, I came home because I wanted, I wanted to come back to camp and I landed this awesome job in Tennessee. So I am currently the manager of camp and adventure programs with Girl Scouts in Middle Tennessee and Nashville. Um, and simultaneously, I'm also the camp director of Camp Holloway. Very cool. Doing a lot. Right. That was a novel. No, no, no. That's good. Trust me. That was, that was just what we were looking for right there. And I think, um, I think. Either we'll, I, I think with this podcast, either we'll we'll have a lot of people with attention on it, or we'll have people with just like, nope, I wasn't those camping. But I think this is going to be like camp people podcast, right? So as we kind of get going, I think that we need to swap some good camp stories. Um, and anybody listening needs to hear some good good camp stories and like relive. If you're listening to this podcast right now, which I hope you are, relive your camp days with us just a little bit. Um, maybe we'll even put something up, Jordan, when we put this post, this, the post out, like, tell us your best camp story in the future. Um, so, so tell me last year, Lauren, did you guys get a chance to do camp? We did virtual camp. We virtual made camp. the decision to cancel, to cancel right. the summer. Um, right. we are interesting. I like to say tennis, Tennessee is very similar to Texas, um, and that we don't have a lot of regulations. Yeehaw. So it was um, our choice whether we ran or not. And we also start very early. So mm -hmm. um, typically my, st my staff this year are coming in May 17th and we're starting Camp Memorial Day weekend. And that was very similar last summer. Um, so at the beginning, we just had no idea what was going on. We didn't know what was really safe. And so we were like, eh, seems, seems risky. Um, so we didn't run. But we ran virtual camp via Zoom, which was a whole experience. Mm -hmm. um, and we had like 700 kids come. So nice. So what are, what are you looking forward to? Are you getting back to normal this year? We are. We're, of course, doing all the COVID precautions um, recommended right. by the ACA and the CDC and all of those things. Um, I'm just excited to get kids back outside. You know, I miss... I really miss like talking to the kids and getting to see how excited they are and they come tell me things and they um, try things and they make friends where they didn't think they'd get to make friends and I just miss all of that and I'm yeah. really excited for like a campfire and oh, yes you know just like those basic things like I really miss getting to have a s'more every week <laughs> <laughs> wait you only had one s'more per week 
Yeah, the thing that happens when you're a director is that like you you have a s'more and then something happens, so you have to go handle it. The whole the whole point of a s'more is to have s'more. s'more. You're right. S'more. I want s'more s'mores. I do make up for it because I've taught the kitchen how to make my favorite camp dessert, which is Jello cake, and so I also get a lot of that every week. What okay, Um, Jello cake? Define that. Yeah, so it's like just white cake or yellow cake and you bake it and then you punch holes in it and you put mixed jello in there, but not like not set jello, like you just mix it up and you put it in there and you refrigerate it and then you cover it in whipped cream. That sounds absolutely delightful. It's the best. Whenever we do this in person, we're gonna have to try that out. And the follow when we go to Tennessee to come see you and you can give us the jello cake. Okay. very much so oh the best they yeah. always have to save me like a giant piece and they're just like this is this is your piece cool yeah. well, lauren what is something from your time as a camp director of dealing with what's like what's the largest issue that you're allowed to talk about yeah and how did you deal with it because i know redacted. sometimes it gets redacted yeah yeah so I think the biggest thing, like the the number one thing that comes to my brain is uh, we have sewer issues at my camp. So just, so my camp was rebuilt in an entire capital campaign in 2004. And it was not designed to have as many people as it does, um, sort of. Like it, it was, we have enough bed space for everyone and we meet fire codes and all those things. But whatever happened with the plumbing and our lift station, our sewer lift station, it just never wasn't originally designed to accommodate like all the water that was coming through, but we didn't know that. And so we've had multiple times where like the lift station just couldn't process all the waste coming out of our cabins. Cause what happens is it goes into that tank and then gets pumped out into the city water. Um, But like, we weren't able to do that process. So like, you know, I've sometimes had like 200 people on camp with parents I've had, um, you know, the first couple nights at camp, we have kids in cabins and like, we think the sewer is going to back up into them. So we had to figure it out. <laughs> Definitely. So to figure- what do you look, do you, do you look and just say like, Oh, it happens. I mean, basically we, we might have to edit that one out, Daniel. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is Daniel's problem. So literally while you're dealing with all the crap of camp, you yep. literally have to deal with crap. Yep. Yep. 100%. Uh, I will tell you just, just cause we're swapping. Now we're getting our swapping camp stories. I had at a time where we run these scout master meetings, right? Jordan knows all this. I'm sure you do too, Lauren. Like you guys have these scout, scout master meetings and they come up, ask you questions every morning. And uh, we're like at the end of the meeting, I'm like, okay, does anybody else have any questions? And one lady stands up, she goes, um, yes. And we worked at a, a river, like we had a river running through our camp and she goes, yes. Um, what is the fecal matter point in the river right now? What does the fecal point look like? And I just looked at my director and I was like, the what? The what? The fecal point? She's talking about, she's talking about um, we don't measure that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what's That's the fecal matter point? That's a great question. And I was like, I don't know. I really don't. I'm sorry. I'm, I was like, I'm sure it's a lot to tell you the truth. But, you know, fish have to poop too. Um, <laughs> don't drink the river water. Do Just not drink the river water. Be safe and don't do that. Highly, yeah. highly discouraged drinking the river water or the lake water. Or the creek water, any water that doesn't come out of the faucet, don't do that. <laughs> Sounds like a, a good song. Like, don't drink the river water. That's, That's true. A, did we just write a new Texas country hit? Is that yes. what you're trying to say? Get your buddy uh, Aaron Rodgers on the phone. 
Shut up. Okay, so <laughs> call back. I, I call back to like our second episode. I was a little bit tired and I got uh Aaron, I got names mixed up, so not Aaron Rodgers. That's a quarterback for the Packers. Right. I was gonna and say Randy Rodgers. So okay. Randy Rogers. And so yeah, I was talking and our guest, and I'm sure our guest was like, How is this person a grown adult? And why is this man talking to me? He just said so Will likes to bring it up, but Will also got Don't Stop Believing. He said I did. it was. I did screw that up. And it's a personal. That one really hurts because I really am not a big fan of the Don't Stop. It's just overplayed to me. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, so camp stories. But, you know, if Aaron Rodgers, if you are listening to this, Aaron Rodgers, we're willing to collab with you too, my friend. Like we are, Come we are on an episode. So be, be, a be solid. We got this. Not that we're not excited to have more here right now. So, so Lauren, camp life, camp stories. Um, what do you think is going to be the changes this upcoming year with camp? Are are you, what are you really hoping to drive home this year with camp? What what changes have happened in the last couple of years that make it, this really worthwhile? So, I mean, there's all the obvious COVID stuff, right? Like, and I'm sure if you are in recreation or in camp or in in school, you know, like there are just all these big profound changes. What I really think it's going to mean for camp is that in like all camps, not just my camp, is that we have a lot of kids who haven't really been interacting with each other very much. Because, you know, even in school, they're in pods and they see these people every day and they haven't had the experience, a lot of them, of going out, meeting new people and making new friends and negotiating new situations with them. Um, And I think we're going to have more challenges than we have had in the past. Um, And I think it's not going to be anybody's fault. I think it's just going to be the kids learning how to do it again, you know. And I think um, we're going to have that issue with staff as well. I interview so many staff who are like, yeah, I'm in my dorm room and I'm really not supposed to do anything except for be in my dorm room. Um, <laughs> and so teaching them all of those things is going to is going to be another thing. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So so this is this is an overnight camp, correct? That we're talking about this is a Girl Scout overnight camp. Um, I run both overnight and day camp on my property. Cool, cool. So. I wanted to get a little bit into because the three of us share overnight camp staff experience, right? We've all been in it. We've all sure taken it, been kind of directing it. Um, what can you tell maybe students who are listening to this or younger people who are listening to this podcast, which is an area we're trying to reach? What can you tell them about the benefits of working in overnight camp, committing like, you know, eight weeks out of your summer to go somewhere else, live at a cabin? Like, what can you really drive home to that group? Uh, about working at an overnight camp? Yeah, it's, I tell my potential staff that working at camp, especially an overnight camp, but any camp really, is the hardest job that you will ever love because you learn so much and you learn how to handle so much in your entire summer that it sometimes takes people years to learn, but it will change you in a profound way and you will come out of it the other side, just really feeling accomplished. So I tell my staff, you are in the span of eight weeks going to become an expert in conflict resolution in customer service because you're going to have to talk to parents at least, at least on opening and closing days. Um, you will learn how to lead a group through negotiation. You will learn 
how to do behavior management, of course, with children. Um, but sometimes those techniques also work with adults. You will learn how to work with coworkers who you may or may not like. Um, and you will learn how to handle stress in a really professional way because camp is wonderful and amazing, but it's stressful sometimes. Um, and I say that I've worked in camp for 15 years and there are days, right? Yeah. Um, you'll learn problem solving skills. You have to figure out what to do if you were supposed to go rock climbing and all of a sudden there's a tornado. Now what? Um, and it's just you just learn so much and you develop so much that a lot of people think that camp is just playing with kids and it is, that's the best part of the job, but there's so much more. Um, and so I really when, feel like it sets you up. When Okay. So earlier you had talked that you've worked for Disney. How did working for Disney inform you of how to interact like the customer service, like, you know, yeah. in Disney, like the characters, they're not allowed, or the what do they call them? Members? The, what are the, they? Cast the cast members. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed. Like there are certain there are specific rules that you have to follow. And yeah. I'm imagining that you can get really, really frustrated at somebody who's a person at the camp. And so mm -hmm. how how do you use your Disney experience of how to teach your now staff how to deal with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually do a, a session during staff training called Disney 101, like guest service 101. Nice. And the thing about Disney is they're all about making everybody feel welcome and included. And they also teach that you treat fellow cast members as your guests. So you don't always have to agree with what your guests are doing. You don't always have to accommodate them all the time, but you do have to treat them well. Um, and just you know, treat them as your equal and treat them the way you'd want to be treated. So we talk a lot about motivation, what, when parents are asking questions, what do they really want? Just like if you're in a Disney park, somebody might be frustrated and they're really not frustrated at you. They're frustrated because the line is too long or they drop their ice cream cone on the ground or whatever. Um, and at Disney, they teach you kind of how to handle those situations and how to how to make the guests feel respected and like they're welcome. So in the ice cream cone example, um, cast members are empowered to, to like replace the ice cream cone, for example, or do something fun with the guests while they're in line. So they're still waiting in line, but it's different. So on the camp side of things, the way I teach that is um, parents might be frustrated because they don't know where to go. So just walk them somewhere. Like, let's walk them somewhere. Um, ask them if there are any more questions that we can answer for them. Because even if they don't have any questions, they feel like we're paying attention and their campers care for them or their campers are being cared for. Um, I also infamously use the Disney point, which is that it's rude in a lot of places to point your finger to say, hey, go over there with one finger. So at Disney, you you point with two fingers. I'm like showing them, two even fingers. though you listeners can't. This hear. is an audio podcast. Just yes, it is. But <laughs> um, so you point with two fingers, or you indicate with your whole arm, and we do that at camp because we want everybody. We just want everybody to feel included, and like we're not pointing people out, and we're not excluding anybody. So well, when you point with one finger, there's four finger, fingers pointing back at you. So don't forget that. that. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, can, okay, let's let's get into the fun. Well, not that it has been fun so far. Can you give us a good camp memory? Let's swap some camp stories, Lauren. I think you should open it up. Give us a good camp story, like maybe something profound that happened. You're like, all the blood, sweat, tears is worth it for this moment. I can't uh, believe we haven't talked about this yet. 
camp nicknames. Ooh, yes. Camp nickname. Okay, yes. so Lauren, what is your camp nickname? I am Flip Flop. Yeah, Will, it's in your, what is it's your in, camp name? Uh, it was Will the Boss Doss. That's where. where Boss Doss. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan. Uh, they, dude, they just called me Jordan. They didn't. I didn't get a camp. Well, I wasn't worthy of a camp name. That yeah, no. Behind your back, there are some things. No, yeah. uh, but we can't say them here. That was when that. That's when people will say like every once in a while I'll slip a JD in there. I don't know if you ever called him JD, Lauren. Um, but like every once in a while I'll slip it like yeah, you know JD and I did this, and people are like JD, is it? They're like, is that is that what he calls you, Jordan? Is that what he calls you, Dr. Daniel? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Well, I, I just remember him when I was an 18-year-old kid, and he was uh, the big, goofy redhead that I wanted to grow up and be like. Um, so, yeah, JD, I think, is probably – or a silverback gorilla because he is the definition of a human form of a silverback gorilla. Oh, my goodness. I didn't choose this life. It chose me. Right. Uh, yeah, so there's yeah. – yeah, so good camp story. Or maybe, like, your favorite – do you have a favorite camp song? Yes to all of those things. So I have profound camp stories. I have crazy camp stories. I have a favorite crazy camp kids. song. Crazy, give us, crazy give us, camp stories. Let's get controversial. Yeah. So I once had a group. I have a lot of stories that are probably not podcast appropriate, but my That's favorite. Daniel's problem. It's Daniel's problem. It's not ours. So. <laughs> yeah. They'll just have to edit out the whole story. So I'll tell you a camp appropriate one. Um, one of my favorite memories, and it was not my favorite memory when we were experiencing it, but now I look back and it's hilarious. So we had a group of campers <laughs> and we were, we were doing something and I saw this bird and I was like 21. Okay. So we saw this bird and it, it was near the bathhouse and it looked like it had foam coming out of its beak. And so that was, I didn't know what that meant. I don't know anything about birds. And so I like, sent the campers away with the other counselor and I called the office and I said, Hey, I don't, I don't know if birds can get rabies. Um, but there's this bird over here. That's like foaming at the beak. Bird like, like, okay. So, so I went back to wherever, like back to our sleeping area and they went out and checked and couldn't find this bird. Thought none of the campers had heard about it. Nobody had any idea until it thunderstormed that night. And we were in platform tents with like seven year olds. And so <laughs> we had this one tent of campers that refused to go to sleep, wouldn't go back to their tent because they were number one, scared of the storm, but also were convinced that this bird that I didn't <laughs> even know that they knew about was going to like hop over from wherever I saw it, jump into their tent, crawl through their mosquito netting and like eat them. Oh my gosh. It was the most ridiculous thing. And at the time we were like, could you just go to bed, please? I mean, of course we like stayed up with them and made sure they were yeah, okay. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, wow, they all just really needed to go to sleep. That's really what was happening there. They were all tired. And <laughs> did we ever, did you ever find the foaming mouth bird? No. Oh my gosh. I suspect, that's a, that's like I suspect it ate some soap. <laughs> that's, there you go. Um, I think you also probably struck a chord with some people listening on this podcast who have worked at an overnight camp with tents with the platform tent. Like, like that took me straight back to memory. Um, yes, Jordan, do you have a good camp story, a crazy good camp story you want to give us? So, uh, so I didn't really start my overnight camp experience until I was 24. Mm. Like, like, well, I had been a camper, but on like staff because that's. That was the summer after my first year at AM doing my PhD. 
Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out right. what to do. Like, what am I going to do with my summer? Uh, my, my advisor said, I don't want you to take any classes. I just want you to relax summer, like go do something fun. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I was actually walking through, um, uh, where was it at? The, the camp, you remember where they used the camp fair that oh, yeah. Dr. Hodges yeah, yeah. would have everybody in. And yep. I, yep. I just went because I saw that there was a BSA sign and I'm an Eagle Scout. So I went to go, this was, I went to go, I met for the first time, Derek Spear, Will. Hey, and I met him and he's like, Hey, he's like, what, like, what are you doing this summer? You want to come teach shotguns? And I was like, yes, Yes, please. Of course. Yes. How do you know me so well? Well, you know, and and so I spent a year doing that, doing the face-to-face, the teaching. And then I was a camp, like a camp commissioner. Wasn't that a great year, dude? Wasn't that a great year? You're just shooting shotgun and I was hanging out the little guys and it was just, it was it, I, it rem- something that I've learned that it's like the farther you move up, the less of the thing you get to do that drew you into the thing that you love to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, man, I, I really do miss that. And then, you know, camp director stuff. Yeah. My favorite, I think as a camp director, favorite camp memory, the smiles on a staff's face when I surprised them with root beer floats, but I, mm. I bought, I said, uh, so Shaq, uh, you know, St. Was it St. Edward's brewery that does the root beer? St. Arnold. St. Arnold. I'm horrible. Remember? So I've already gotten Aaron Rodgers wrong. So <laughs> might as well, <laughs> might as well get the brewery. That one's, a, that one's fair. St. Arnold, St. Edward's. That's fair. Um, uh, so St. I, I had a staff member cause they were c- coming back and forth from Houston I sent money with them and they bought a keg of root beer. That's amazing. And so it, at horse, this was Will, Will worked at the other camp at this point. Will worked was, at the cool camp. He worked at the cool camp. I worked at the good camp. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's um, fair. And, yeah, I was and happy. We were in a big red barn and I, I, I called, I did like the fake out, like, like my get, program get director. I went my program like, the camp director wants to see everybody now and it's like nine o'clock at night and so everybody's scrambling to get there and they're looking so nervous and i roll in with the 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 chilled keg and the the Amazing. pints of free bluebell and i'm like yeah. hey this is for y'all because y'all have been working so hard and i'm so very proud of you and then i watched a group of 70 people finish off a keg of root beer in a span of an hour and a half that's amazing beautiful i'm gonna have to step up my game i like so i try and get my staff something fun every week like so their favorite candy or i'll take sonic orders or sometimes we have a local coffee shop and so we'll take their coffee orders but like a keg of root beer that's pretty solid yeah that's where jordan and i really kicked off our relationship was at a sonic at camp yeah i mean summer camp if you haven't gone to sonic he was like hey youngster hop in bud i'm gonna take you to sonic and I was just, it was consensual. I was, well, not was at that time. I was 18. So it wasn't like, hey, little kid. Hop. It was like, yeah, I want to just like roll it up. I'm like, hey, get in, loser. We're going to go get food. And I was like, yes, sir. Um, yes. I, I'll tell you guys from my camp perspective, uh, I, I have two kind of fun ones, a little bit too, like camp stories. So what's interesting, I don't know if Jordan and I have ever talked about this, but like I, I went to our camp as a kid that we ended up working at together. I went to that camp. And I'm telling you guys, that was like still to this day, that was like week of hell for me. Like it was the worst camp I'd ever been to. The first day I stepped on a fish hook when I was like, I was like 11 years old, my first summer camp ever as a scout. 
I was like, a, I stepped on a fish, fish hook the first day. I was rashed from day one everywhere. Um, I had some bad experiences with in one of my classes with some nasty little dead mice. Anyway, stuff like that. It was just like the worst experience of my ever. I remember leaving. I told my dad, like, Dad, we're never, ever, ever going back to El Rancho Sima. Um, and then sure enough, we ended up working there together. But when I went, the other fun part about my camp camp life story is um, I I actually met the love of my life at camp. Uh, at our and, and so, then I'll tell you guys the reason why it's funny is because kind of fun camp staff story is I met my wife while we were working at camp together. Um, shout out to Melina. And the, I remember the probably the moment I fell in love with my current wife was we're playing a game of dodgeball. Um, and this little like 11 year old kid just comes up and just drills me. And he's like, ha ha ha, I got you, I got you, I got you. And he's like, no, 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 boo boo, like just talking absolute mess. And I'm like sulking off the field. I'm just like so upset. And then just out of nowhere, this like, you know, just screaming line drive of a softball player, former softball player's dodgeball just comes and just drills this kid like right in the stomach. And he just like drops to the knees and it's just like, uh, and like, he was okay. It was totally fine. And I look over and there is, you know, Melina, my now wife, just like, you know, revenge is mine, like back off. And so that was like when I turned and I was like, yep, yeah, she's the one guys. Is, did she say he's mine to torment, not yours? Yeah, that's probably really what it was, but it was more like uh, she defended. My, basically, the point is my wife defended my honor on the dodgeball court um, by hitting an eleven-year-old kid in the stomach. So that was probably good that you married her. That was the same year Jill was the business director at River Camp. My wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so she we. Was, she's uh, a fun person. Uh, Lots well, of couples. That's a thing that happens, y'all. <laughs> like true story. Oh, yeah. you, you would see as a camp director, I saw so many couples, you know, the staff week, they start hanging out week one, they're dating week two, it's they're in love week three, they're on the outs week four, they're broken up week five, it is absolutely cats and dogs fighting. And then we, you know, however, you know, and then it's kind of like some yeah. summer love romance. It happens. It's, it, it, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, it. like everything happens so fast. So this, so my wife, like when she, the reason she got out to camp was because we were talking about our buddy Derek Spear earlier. And so Derek Spear is kind of like a, a pseudo dad to my wife, Melina. And uh, he got there out of camp. And I remember when we uh, started kind of, you know, dating a little bit during that summer, uh, one of our other buddies, Matt Sawyer, would bring me into the car, his truck, and he would say, uh, he would play the song, I'm Still Here Just Cleaning My Gun, if you guys ever remember that song. I'm here cleaning it. Where the kid comes by, picks up his daughter or whatever. And so he would get me in the car and just drive me around and be like, because I'm still here cleaning my gun. Because Derek Spear, um, you know, he is a wonderful, wonderful man. Love him to death. He's a former police officer. So he'd pull you aside. If he was really upset with you, he'd pull you aside, you know, jokingly tell you, you know, well, there's 5,280 acres out here and I know where to hide a body. And I was like, yes, sir, Mr. Spears, sir. Never, never going to happen, sir. Promise, 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 promise. Super intimidating. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So, okay, well, let's do favorite. Do you have a, like, favorite camp song or favorite, like, camp campfire moment kind of deal? Yeah. So, we do something at my camp. I have two. I'm going to do two because I can. Um, my yeah, favorite camp song is Magic. Um, it's a slow song. Like, it's super mushy and, like... You sing it at the. At Can the you give us a quick snippet of it? Yeah, um, magic is the sun that makes a rainbow out of rain. Oh. 
like you keep you know this is this out. is gonna be your walk-ups this is gonna be our walk-up spot stuff for <laughs> um so yeah, magic is, is my favorite camp song um i sing the children to sleep with it i try and teach them all of it um so you know we have varying degrees of success but that's my camp song but my favorite moment is at the end of each week of camp we do something called a dream ceremony and so what that is, is they, you know, they have their counselor group. So their counselor and, and her children, and they all kind of gather together and they take a stone. We give them stones and they make a wish for their future. Like, what are their dreams? What are they, what do they want to do um, on their stone? And they don't have to tell anybody, but they also get together and like share their favorite memory from the week and make their wish on uh -huh. their stone. And then they walk over to um, an area where we've set out this log and I don't know if you know this, but our camp has elves. We call nice. them the Woodland Elves. Nice. Um, so this log was made by the Woodland Elves and they give their dreams to the Woodland Elves. And then we all stand in a big circle around our big campfire circle. And we sing a song called One Voice, which is a song that is was created for the, the Girl Scout movement. So World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. Um, and the idea is you start off by singing, I'm one voice, and then somebody joins it in their two voices on and on and on up to 10 million voices because there are 10 million Girl Scouts in the world. Nice. Um, and we talk about how, um, you know, Camp Holloway is always here and you're always, um, your sisters are here and no matter where you go, Camp Holloway is your home and Girl Scouts are your sisters and there are 10 million of us. And then we sing another special Girl Scout song called Linger, um, which is just about how it's our last night at camp and we're always going to remember this summer. And then we go to bed and then everybody leaves the next morning. So it's like this big emotional like capstone on the week. Yeah, I mean, there's usually a lot of crying, which is not our mm. intent, but it also makes me happy because it means that they've experienced something really profound. Absolutely. you know, and that it was an awesome experience and they want to come back and they have felt connected and part of our community. Um, yeah. I cry every time. I, I'm <laughs> every seeing you time. right. I'm seeing you right now getting like a I'm little like, bit of it. Oh, back. It's, it's beautiful. And I haven't it's gotten beautiful. to do it in a whole two yeah, years now. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you absolutely. have some pent up emotions that are just about. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yes. I, I will tell you, I will tell you on the note of your magic song. So Jordan and you might know too, Lauren, we have, uh, a song that we always sing called Scout Vespers, and it's like to the tune of Oh Christmas Tree, so softly falls the light of day. As anyways, um, yeah. So um, I, I have a newborn at home. He's a, he's like almost a five month old now, and he and I have just having some struggles about getting him to sleep in my arms. And just this last weekend, I'm like sitting there just patting his little bottom, like just fall asleep, just fall asleep. And I straight up started singing like softly falls the light of day as our campfire fades away and i sang and i sang it through like three times and literally he's just like blinking his eyes and he just like yeah falls asleep to my arms as i'm singing scout vespers the power, the power of scouting That's it's it. true y'all the the slow songs that you learn at camp are useful later in life i have sung <laughs> many a child that is not a camper to sleep with random camp songs straight nice. up <laughs> nice yeah, no, those are great memories, and and we'll be back to. I'm sure, like when camp is your life, as much as it is, it is you know to lose summer camp is just a profound thing. I think it was for a lot of people last year, no matter what it was. If it was summer camp, day camp, overnight camp, whatever it was, just to like have that week 
that we've talked about that week or whatever it is condensed into, you know, you learn so much, you go through so much together and then you're gone and then that's it. And then it didn't happen. And so we're hoping that it's back to big this time this year, right? It's back and it's bigger and it's better than ever. Yeah. You know, most camps are saying that they are like enrollments off the chart, like registrations are crazy. People are so excited. Um, And that, that has been our experience. I mean, my camp doesn't have very many spaces left. Like we have a few, but we're basically full. And it's People are ready to get back out. They are ready. Yeah. And they are ready for their children to have experiences and on the download. They're ready for their children to be out of the house. Um, in a like in a safe environment though, right? Like I think it says a lot about the camp movement that we have parents who maybe didn't send their children to school, but are sending their children to camp. Yeah. And I don't think that's just our camp. I think that is camp across the board. Yeah, no, we're actually, we're seeing it right now with where registration is open up where I am. And it's like, people are signing up. People are back and, and hopefully we're back safe, safely, right? We won't be back safely, but like people want to be back to, and I think we have a rare, rare opportunity. We've said this so many times in this podcast, we have a rare opportunity in the next few years to like bring back some traditions that might have been missed like camps and and kind of give back to that world um yeah so yeah and i think something we've been talking about a lot like in aca aca is the american camp association for those of you who don't know um we've been talking a lot in aca about this is our moment to really show why it's so important we're not just a summer program like camp is so profound and we can do things that like even school can't do. And this is why we're important. You have to keep sending your kids. <laughs> this we is like just one like super big way to illustrate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see, Jordan, we have anything else? I, I think the camp songs are a good kind of, we usually always ask a walk-up song, but I always feel like, I already feel like we made you sing a song on your own. So I love that. I love that magic song, um, you know, all those things are great. And just, do you have any more camp memories you want to regal us with in here and get our emotions stirred up again about camp? It's not just one moment, right? But I think that the moments that we live for that kind of all like run together, but in a really good way, or when that kid like gets to the top of the rock wall, spending the whole week telling you they're scared, yeah. or they wrote, um, you know, they wrote, a song that they got to perform for the whole camp and they're just so incredibly proud of that or you know just things like that I've had campers who swore all week they wanted to go home and they made it to Friday morning and said I'm really glad I didn't go home like this was awesome and like that's what that's what my camp director heart wants you know nice nice I had a kid tell me he was going to burn our camp to the ground I think we've talked about this before on the podcast but He's like, I'm gonna burn this camp to the ground. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt myself to eat out of this camp. And by the end of the week, he was like, you know, this is a pretty good time. Actually, I had fun. I might come back next year. And I was like, okay, yeah, buddy. At the end of the week, he's really like, turn oh, him around. Yeah, turn him around. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we are running out of time, so we have to make our end run with if, Lauren. There are a few questions that we ask every single guest, no matter what. Ooh, I'm yes. excited. Will. Yes. Uh, so, so like I said, I feel like we kind of hit this one a little bit, but do you have a walk-up song other than magic when you're like getting yourself pumped up? Is there a walk-up song that you use to pump yourself up? We had a lot of good music talk today. What's your camp song that pumps you up? Oh man, my camp song that pumps me up is probably magic is one. 
The other one is my camp has, um, I'm a mushy person. So apologies. Um, We have, we have a, a song that's unique to our camp called the moon song. It's actually not unique to our camp. It's like a Rafi song or something. Um, it's called, we call it the moon song. So I sing that one a lot too. <laughs> nice. We had Jordan, do you ever remember listening to knee deep in the water somewhere when we always do campfires? Were you there for those years? I will be very honest. I don't remember it, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't there listening to it. It's yeah, just we, that uh, I've got three right. kids that, try to keep me awake 24 just destroyed your brain wait a minute uh, no. i have a pump up song i have one a real oh, one yes. Get it. yes rattling bog do you know that one rare no, bog rattling bog oh you have to do it right now oh man there once was a bog a rare bog a rattling bog and the bog down in the valley, oh, rare bog rattling bog way down in the valley, oh, rare bog rattling bog way down in the valley, oh. And in that bog, there was a tree. And so it keeps going like there's a tree and a limb and, yeah. a, and a nest and a thing. And like, it just goes on forever. But yes, love it. Yeah. Um, but outside of camp or maybe even at camp, one of my other questions we always like to ask is, um, what is your like day of recreation look like? What do you do to recreate, to, to leisure recreation? What is it that you do to get yourself out there? That, I love this question. So I am a big reader. I read all the time everywhere. Jordan probably has stories of finding me random places on ten Texas A&M campus with like a book. Just like, um, oh, there's Lauren on the stairwell reading again. Yeah, She's rubbing it in my face that she knows how to read. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm so rude. Um, but outdoor recreation, I really like water sports. And my favorite thing is I don't get to do it very often and I'm not like super good at them, but like just a day on the river or a creek, just kayaking or canoeing yes. and like not even... Yes. It's really awesome. Like that's a true flow experience because I don't have my cell phone. I don't want it to get wet. So it's just, we'll get there when we get there. I bring my snacks. It's amazing. Love it. Love it. Nice. Okay. So Lauren, the last thing that we want to ask you is that Mm -hmm. if you were trying to give words of wisdom, your your years of experience and Mm -hmm. all things rec and camp, Yep. If you were giving that to somebody, you know, our listeners, how, what, what would that word, what were, what would those words of wisdom be? Get as many experiences in as many different places as you possibly can. If you want to work in camp for your career, work at multiple camps. Don't just stay at your camp and go all the way up. If you want to work for a municipal rec department, work at many, you know, get because there are so many different cool ways to do things in lots of different places. Um, and you don't know unless you step out. So I consider that an asset that if my staff's coming from another camp or a different rec department or whatever it is, um, that's a really big deal. And it will help you in like moving forward in your career as well. So do it while you can every summer, different place, <laughs> right. which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, Lauren, life thank you. is the best life. It, it mm-hmm. is. All right. So, Lauren, True. thank you so much for, for giving of your time to come talk with us today. So, thank you so very, very much. Of course. We'll it was my pleasure. Time.